All right, welcome to Cracking the Code again. Today I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine, somebody who I wasn't sure I'd be able to get on, um, Jim Cooper. Jim, uh, Jim's the CEO of FIG, a co-CEO of FIG, along with Mike and Brian. And, you know, you guys have like 10 other companies going down there. Jim, I, I've got a million questions to ask you, because to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever got a full 40 minutes of something to pick your brain. And uh, this is pretty cool. First of all, you're probably one of the more humble guys I know in the business. And all three of you guys are. And I think that probably comes from growing up. Well, first of all, the way you were brought up, your dad has three Super Bowl rings, correct? Uh, two, actually. Two Super Bowl rings. He Only should two, have huh? three. Only two? He should have three, but he's got two, yeah. <laughs> should have three. He's got two more than most of us. Um, and so, but being brought up that way, and your dad owned a, a company, with, did they do barrels, if I have it right? Yeah, yeah. So Cooper, our last, first of all, thanks for having me, Ryan. This is, uh, this will be a lot of Come fun. On. So looking forward to it. Um, So, yeah, uh, Cooper, our last name means barrel smith. So it used to be like wooden barrels. You put like gunpowder and beer and stuff. You know, it's since graduated into 55 gallon steel drums that you see on like this, the side of the road at construction sites and what have you. But um, so everybody in my family has always been in what we call the drum business. Okay. Um, so my great great grandfather founded a company called Cooper and Sons in uh south philadelphia which is where my mom and dad's where my whole family's originally from oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. Um, yeah and um so my my father went to temple mom went to penn state um dad was a you know scholarship athlete in both football and basketball um ended up getting drafted by the cowboys believe it or not being a philly kid drafted by the dallas cowboys there's a lot of funny stories around that for sure um so he he went out and uh, played with the Cowboys for ten years. Actually, um, he played every position of the offensive line his rookie his rookie year, and then he settled into uh, the starting right tackle for the next nine. Um, got a lot of killer stories, but that was seventy seven to eighty seven. That was before you know a lot of people say, "Oh, you're you're a son of an NFL player." The NFL players aren't what you know. It was very different back then. It's not well, the even business. now. It's not that crazy. We know NFL players, and most of them, unless you're a superstar. Um, you know, you're not just cruising after you got to work. Yeah. So dad had a job in the off season. Like, you know, it was just the way it was. I mean, it, it was just a different, different deal back then. So anyway, we, that took us to Dallas. So we lived there for a period of time, then moved back into to Philly for about two years um, and got back into the barrel business there. And then he expanded the business to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is what took you know, our immediate family. So I have a younger brother and younger sister and my mom and dad, we all live here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area for the last 30 years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you're raised now from what I gather from somebody, I think you, I think you told me it might've been uh, Colton, but basically when you were growing up and you wanted, you know, your father said, you're going to work, you, you went and worked at the factory basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you I, you know, lunch. my, my first job. Yeah. Well, my first job was cutting lawns uh, in the neighborhood and stuff like that as a kid. But then I got into the family business, too. So I, I would get up, you know, in the summertime I was going to school. But uh, in the summertime, I'd go to work with dad at five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, just he gave me all these random things to do. And then even, you know, all through college, even when I would come home a couple of weeks in between playing football and, you know, training camp and everything like that. I would work at the plant and things like that. When I got out of school, I had a business management and minor in finance degree. So I played four years at James Madison University and wasn't good enough to make it to the next level uh, at all. But 
Um, you know, so that dream was over and I had to get into the real world. So I moved home to Charlotte cause I'm a mama's boy and, you know, got to work. And I thought that, uh, I'd have, you know, my dad would, would go a little soft on me and maybe say, Hey, you know, you've got the gift of gab. I'll put you in sales or something like that. He is not built that way. He's like, get out in the yard. Um, and, it's a hundred degrees in the dead of summer in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you're in long pants, long shirts, gloves, apron, standing next to a furnace. And they're oh. big, they're big barrels. They're in they're they're stacked Jeez. three high in those tractor trailers that you see on the highway. They almost run you off the road all the time. Yep. And you're just unloading them all day. And there's like paint and chemicals, all this stuff following you. I mean, no one speaks your language because it's like type of labor that you can get to, to work out there and everything. I mean, it was every time I think I have a bad day here at FIG, I remember that because it was awful. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm going to be honest. It sounds awful. I think yeah. our generation, we're into a cats. You know what I mean? Right. We can do anything for a summer. I mean, I, I did a lot of odd jobs in my you know college years. But man, at this age, 44, I don't think you're ever going out and like, you know, they, I do have bad days, but when you put it that way, it's like, yeah, we don't have real bad days. Yep. Days. Yep. No doubt. Told me you don't have problems. You have inconveniences. I like that. Um, it's funny. I was just telling a friend a story. My buddy, the priest that used to be a Navy SEAL, the one that passed away this fall, he was just, he was a badass guy. He wasn't a normal priest. He carried a gun. You know, he dropped F-bombs in a... He said to me one time when I said, I was I'm down, I'm having anxiety, I'm a little depressed. And he said, Ryan, that's a luxury. He said, most people don't have that luxury to be depressed. And I thought, geez, because they can't be down. And, and, and then it clicks, kind of like we just said, like you have a bad day, you think of that. So originally, did you guys get into FIG or did you get into FIG, I should say, because you were friends with Bo and his parents owned it or did you meet Bo there? Yeah, so I guess a great question and it kind of play out the rest of the story. So, um, you know, got back when I, got, when I got out of school, got back into the family business, was doing that for about a year. And family's always been super important to me. I mean, my mom and dad and I have always been very close. My brother and sister and I are super close, like all of that. And it was the first time in my life where I really started to like, really not like my dad in a lot of ways. I was get, I was like, man, why are you? I was like, okay, enough's enough. Like I get for like a month or three or whatever, but I've been doing this for a year. Like I need to, I need to move up somehow, some way, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is for me. So blessed. Um, well, I guess it's a blessing and a curse. Blessed to have about eight dear friends of mine that we've been best friends here in the, in the Charlotte area since we were in like eighth grade, seventh grade almost. Um, you know, and we're all still dear friends today, which is a blessing to have brothers like that that have been through everything you can think of through high school. Actually, one of them actually played uh, college, went and played college football. It was a package deal. He played tight end. I played defensive end um, at JMU. We went together. Um, you know, so we've been with one another a long time. One of those guys is a year behind me in school. Uh, his name's Dave Jacobs, who's actually one of our top sales guys here at FIG today. Um, yeah, and he, yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> he had just gotten on with a company called Fig. And I remember it like yesterday. I mean, this is 22 years ago. Um, and he's sitting there and he's like, man, you know, I can't wait for work tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, have a case of the Mondays on a Sunday. I got to get up at four 30 in the morning. My life sucks. Like all this stuff. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> all excited. And he tells me about this opportunity. And at the time I'm like, man, I mean, I'm going to date myself here a little bit. It sounded like the movie Boiler Room. Remember Boiler Room? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like yep. you're on headsets. You're just talking to people. I'm like, I love that. I love to yeah. talk. Like, 
can you get me an introduction? So he introduced me to Bill and Bo. We had dinner um, the next night. They offered me a position. I started a week later. Wow. I was the 10th or 11th employee here at FIG. That's it, really? Yeah. Our goal that year was to do $100 million in overall production. Um, fast, everything combined. Oh, like everything. Fast forward the tape to today and you know we'll do four and a half, almost close to five billion if you add up all the entities and there's 190, well, actually 250 employees if you add in all the companies now. So That's crazy. a lot of growth in a you know fairly short period of time. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it's dumb luck being in the right place at the right time. But a lot of it has to do with you know surrounding yourself with people that are passionate, bright, intelligent about, you know, and, and bought in to what it is that you're looking to build. Um, and a lot of hard work. I mean, I'll tell you, Jim, I've been around the business now, what, 20 something years. I got introduced to business at a young age, Peter Lynch. And you know, that saying by Vince Lombardi, success is what happens when preparation beats, oh, luck is what happens when preparation beats opportunity. Yep. And I believe that to a certain degree, but I think it's luck is what happens when preparation beats opportunity beats character. Um, I always just describe you to other, you know, advisors. I'm like, you know, they remind me of, you know, the, those, the whale, the 800 pound whale. And except they're like them with integrity. You know, after you're in the business while you get recruited and, and once you land at a place where there's integrity, um, you know it, you know, because you've been in business. I've been in business long enough to see through the BS. You know, once in a while you might see a smoke and mirror go by you, but um, it's a different ball game. And you guys have built something, you know, Erica and Bill built, built something that was truly special. And they brought the right people around. And, um, you know, and I know you guys became very dear friends of Bo's and, you know, you could probably touch on him passing in a moment, but one other thing I want to run by you that I heard recently, a story that I didn't know was that when he was really sick, um, he was so passionate about the vision of fig that he began sick and he'd be coaching you in between as to where to take it to the next level. Cause he knew he was dying. Yep. Um, I mean, that story moved the hell out of me. Yeah. There are not many people who are dying that believe so much in a cause that they want to leave it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was just an unbelievable human being. I mean, he was just wise beyond his years and a legend in, in the business. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the story of uh, goes with Bo, I mean, Bill and Erica Kane founded Financial Independence Group in 1976 and Bill and Erica have been like another mother and father to me. Uh, in fact, you know, Bill's, He'll be 89 years old in about uh, two and a half weeks. And uh, he's an OG, man. I was literally right before this call, Ryan, I was uh, in, in his office, him and Erica, he and I, that we were just catching up for about 90 minutes, you know, just about all things and looking back on the year that was and what it's going to be in 2024. And they're, they're here every day. Oh, I know. Um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they just, they don't, they don't make them like Bill and Erica anymore, you know, and you know, what, what they've done for not only my family, but all the families here at FIG and uh, it's just nothing short of amazing. But, you know, when they started the company in, in, in 1976, you know, for the first like 20 years of its existence, it was a small life and health agency just in the Carolinas and Bill and Erica were doing fine, but they were content with just keeping it that way. Their son, Bo, uh, graduate, graduated from Appalachian State, and he came in and said, hey, I want to really grow this thing nationally. Bill said, well, go out and get a real job for a year. So similar story to me and my dad, in a way, um, you know, you're going to go work for it. I'm not just going to give you the, the reins of this company. So he went out and got a real job, became a top sales guy out in the field, 
And then a year later said, all right, dad, I'm back. I'm ready. So they, they brought uh, Bo on and he started hiring all of his like fraternity brothers <laughs> and just said, Hey, want to take this thing national. And, you know, from there, basically it was the first time that uh, back then equity indexed annuities, now fixed indexed annuities had really come on the scene. I think it was LSW came out with the first one in like 95 or 96 ish. Yeah. Um, and it was right around that time. And that's when FIG really got its start. Like it was, all right, you know, there's this new product class and let's, let's look to start selling it. So he started bringing some of his fraternity brothers on and you almost had, you had to know somebody to get the gig here. Like I just told you about how I got it through my buddy, Dave. Um, so all of us were just on the phones and, and Bo was the third owner of FIG. So it was Bill, Eric and Bo. He was the chief marketing officer and really the, well, he's retired now, but the Tom Brady of our organization, right? Um, you know, and he's the guy out on the field running the plays and, and, and different things like that. And, you know, it was it was pretty awesome just to, to work alongside him, be mentored by him. And uh, he and I became super close because, you know, I was just blessed and fortunate to, to become one of the top sales guys here and working with top advisors like yourself, Ryan, all across the country, you know, on the phones day in and day out. Um, you know, he and I would travel a lot together and put together a lot of our like marketing programs and resources that we provide to the field for coaching and mentoring, which is, I know something that you have an, uh, a passion for to give back to all the advisors out there across the country and so on and so forth. And I remember telling my girlfriend at the time, Jamie, who's now my wife, um, <clears throat> you know, it was like, man, because sometimes there was a reason I was going on this trip with Bo. We were going to recruit somebody or visit one of our top guys or what have you. But other times it was just like, we're going to play golf with the president's, uh, president of Allianz Life or something like that. And he's like, hey, Coop, why don't you, you know, we're going to go to Scottsdale and, you know, do this and do that. I want you to come with me. And I'm like, James, I don't, I don't know why he keeps asking me to go on these things, but I'm going to go. We get to go to like these amazing places and play golf and go to these really good dinners and meet these unbelievable people. And so it was almost like Bo knew before, you know, anything ever happened that there was something there. Now, I don't think that he ever thought in a million years what ultimately ended up happening of him coming down with non-smoking phase four lung cancer was going to be the the end game there. But I think maybe he thought he'd be playing more golf and I'd be doing his job for him or something like yeah, that. Well, he probably saw somebody he could mentor. And I mean, yep. everybody wants to grow what they have. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people, most of us, want to leave a legacy. It's not just about dollars and cents. And he probably thought to himself, well, at some point, there's got to be somebody to take the ball to the next, you know, yep. the next level. Yeah. And, and he saw that. And, you know, he and I were traveling I'll never forget this either. We were in Scottsdale. Uh, we just we, we just played 36 holes of golf, walked, you know, you know, stayed out too late at dinners. It's actually I had my first and only hole in one at Whisper Rock out there. It was awesome wow. experience. That's cool. He took the golf ball without me knowing it. And that's in a frame up on my trophy case up there and everything right that's now. Cool. So we come back from that trip and he's got a cough. This is like in the middle of August. It's not like a nasty wheezy cough. It was just <laughs> something pretty benign really and i'm like dude what's up you've been coughing all weekend and he's like yeah i gotta go to look that literally 45 maybe 60 days later he calls an all staff meeting we about we have about 45 to 50 employees at this point in time we are doing about probably a billion dollars overall in production 
he calls us into the training room and he tells us he has phase four lung cancer. Just like that, like out of left field. Like literally when he made the announcement, I was waiting for him to say he was kidding and I was going to like run up to the front of the room and tackle him because it wouldn't have been funny. But unfortunately, he wasn't. And he fought the good fight. He went through two double lung transplants. He was diagnosed when he was 34. And he was passed away at 37, um, but had two double lung transplants. I don't know how many different stents of chemo. You know, was cancer free for a little while uh, after the second lung transplant. Uh, The first set of lungs didn't take, believe it or not. And normally, not to get too graphic here, but that's that's typically it. But because he was so young, um, you know, he was like the rock star of lung cancer. Um, Fortunately, another set of lungs um, became available and they did a second procedure and they stuck uh, and he was cancer free for a couple of months. Unfortunately, then it came back and it wasn't long. And we lost him in December of 2009. Wow. Um, I'm so sorry because I know um, every time his name comes up, you guys all, everybody gets a little down, but everybody else has that pep like, yeah, what a great, he was a rock star. Oh, he was unbelievable. You know, and that was a trying time for all of us. I mean, not only to to lose a dear friend and a mentor, uh, or in Bill and Erica's case, a son, um, you know, but. You know, FIG, that was, you know, everybody, the frat party was over. Like everybody had to grow up and step up in a multiple, you know, different ways. And, you know, my path, you know, to, to kind of leadership, if you will, here at FIG um, was that. And, and you're right, Ryan, all through like those three years of Bo fighting cancer, because we were dear friends, I would go over there every Tuesday and Thursday. And, you know, sometimes I was there for 10 minutes because he was too sick. Sometimes I was there for four hours and we would order, you know, we would have dinner, pizza or whatever his wife, Christy would eat uh, or or cook and and things like that. And um, it was just an unbelievable time in, in my life, a time, you know, once again, that I'll never forget. And, you know, he, he poured so much wisdom into me. I mean, and just, you're right, had such a passion for this business, this company, everything about it that, you know, I didn't even realize it at the time, but he was truly mentoring me, um, you know, to be what ultimately was. So when he passed, um, I stepped out of my day-to-day position um, as the top sales guy here at FIG and became the chief marketing officer, which was his title, which those are huge shoes that will never be filled. Um, But I acted in that capacity for a number of years here at FIG, ran all of sales and marketing. Uh, And at that point in time as well, when he did pass, as I said, we had about 50 people on staff and we're doing about a billion in private equity. And a lot of carriers were buying up distribution at that time. So Bill and Erica had a big decision to make and they could have sold and rode off into the sunset and their grandkids never would have had to work again, to be honest with you. But they knew if they did that, everything would change for their FIG family. And they knew that's not what they wanted to do. And they certainly knew it's not what Bo wanted to do. So uh, myself and two other guys that uh, I've grown up with here at the firm, Mike Mullen and Brian Williams, Um, actually Mike and I went to high school together that first day I started and got the gig from Dave, you know, from a referral from Dave, I, I literally opened the front door on my first day and Mike Mullen, I ran right into him 
And yeah. we went to the same, and I hadn't seen him. He went off to Chapel Hill. I went off to JMU and we had lost touch. And the first time we see each other is the first day on the job at Financial Independence Group. That's now I, we're I one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, you're the nicest guy you'll ever meet him on the and, planet. I mean, Colts yeah. are the two nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah. They live, they live five houses down from us. Uh, we're the best of friends. Our wives are the best of friends. Our kids are the best of friends, our dogs, all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a definite, uh, it's a cool story. Um, and it's also a, a neat thing to be able to work so hard with people like that, but also still be able to play hard and have a lot of fun. Cause we genuinely like each other and all hang out even like after work and things like that. So Brian, Mike and I walked into Bill's office and said, Bill, we owe it to our immediate family in our staff and our extended family and our advisors to have an answer for what the future of FIG is going to be. Because that was Bo, but it's not going to be. And we just want you to know that we're going to do anything and everything that you need us to do to be a part of that. And we didn't know, like, you know, first of all, Bill is neck you know right alongside mike is one of the nicest people on the planet i would say um and you know so i, I knew he wasn't gonna like yell at us or anything like that but i you know i was like yeah i don't know you know what, what's he gonna say because i mean yeah. we were all going through stuff but i mean he just buried his son and it's not supposed to be that way you know and um he looked up at us and said you know what guys he goes you might have thought that for the last three years i've been a little blind to what's been going on around here just because of all i've been dealing with and burying a son and everything and losing a son he's like but i haven't been he's like you know the the three of you have stepped up you didn't ask for title changes you didn't ask for a pay raise you just started doing what was necessary to to be done to make sure fig lived on so yeah, let's get to work on that succession plan. So we bought in that day and we've been acquiring more and more of the stock ever since. And you guys pretty um, much own the majority share. I mean, I don't want to, I don't know exactly the word. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, you know, we're, we're now the, the successors of, of FIG. So, you know, if something were to happen to Bill and Erica tomorrow, God willing, that doesn't happen, but you know, it, it happens to all of us at some point and, yeah. you know, all of us as rainmakers don't want to have that conversation. But one of the biggest things that I would say I admire most about Bill and Erica's leadership, and there's a lot that I, I could say that's unbelievable about the two of them, is that they did have the the foresight to, to not sell the company, to follow their passion of maintaining their independence. And they've been able to not have an ego that gets in their way to truly transition it to the next generation. Well, they were smart. I mean, we all know that if they didn't transition to you guys over the last few years, this industry is changing. You're yep. either growing or you're dying in this industry. I'm, you know, a good friend of mine owns an IMO, and I've tried to get him to sell it to you several times, not because I'm trying to just help you. Honestly, I don't do business with him anymore, but he's a good guy and he helped me along my path. And I see where the industry is changing. He's just not, he's a dinosaur. And, and I said to him, like, you either got to find a way to grow and keep up, which you can if you fall too far behind, or you got to hand it off to, you know, young people with ideas. Um, I think they knew, yeah, they definitely knew what they were doing right off the bat. I think before you guys even approached them, they probably had it in their mindset. I got to ask you, so Jim, you're probably one of the more successful, you are one of the more successful guys I know. And, and to me, I don't just measure success by, you know, what you make of me. Clearly, you guys owning FIG, your net worth's up there without a doubt, but it's more, um, there's just a different vibe there. There's a different vibe when I walked in that office. When you guys came up and recruited me, 
it wasn't a recruiting like, hey, you know, sign here. It was a, I said, guys, I'm with somebody I'm friends with. You know, you got to give it time. You said, sure, no problem. But if you come over, we can, we can at least match what you got. It was handshake deal. There was no, it was just a different vibe. And, um, and that was when you were, you were um, basically where your last role, I don't know, running the company, but not as primary owners. And now it's the same thing. I mean, the vibe there is just, there's some sort of leadership that's with humility and kindness. There. It's different than places that I've been around in financial business or other businesses for that matter. What do you think it is that's made you so successful and your ability to stay grounded? I mean, you, I mean, think about it. If you run with some of the guys that own some of those other FMOs that probably make half or in the happy net worth, they're arrogant, they're asses, you know? And, and, and that's a big, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say that, but you know, it's a fact. So, and it's something I wouldn't say to their face. Um, it's a different vibe. How do you do that? Yeah. And thanks for the kind words, Ryan. And, um, you know, I, I could, I could say that there's, there's many, 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 many of people that are, uh, way more successful than me that I can learn a whole lot from. I, I can, I can tell you that. Um, and I will say you're one of them. Your story is amazing. So, you know, I, I, I try to pride myself just like you do and trying to get better every day. And I think there's something that we can learn from everyone, uh, in leadership. So, but, you know, I think when it, when it comes to, to us and, and, you know, who we are at the end of the day is, you know, people that truly do have a passion for this business. Um, and that story with Bo is, is something that I, I think keeps us very grounded as well, where our story is very different. And I know that he's really proud. He's looking down. He's really proud about where we are today and more importantly, where we're taking this thing in the future. But I think for, for me personally, you know, it goes back to my childhood. Like, again, you know, there's been no two people that have been more influential on in my life than my mother and my father. Um, and then I'd say second to that, than my other mother and father and Bill and Erica, but like, you know, my dad is a man of few words. I remember, I remember, you wouldn't know that he played 10 years in the NFL because he doesn't wear his NFL, you know, Super Bowl rings or anything like that. You just know because he's a big bear. Like he's a big dude. <laughs> a big dude. <laughs> he is. He's a big dude. You're a big dude. So for you to say he's a big dude, he must be. A oh, big man. Dude. He's 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 built like me. He's just six, six. He's just I mean, when you shake his hand, it's it, it disappears. Your applause. hand disappears. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so but, you know, even when I was a kid, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't able to play football until I was in eighth grade. He kept telling me to play golf. That was before Tiger Woods. So golf wasn't cool. So I didn't listen to him and everything like that. Wish I would have now, right. um, you know, but yeah. So, you know, he, he didn't say much, but when he said something, you listen type of thing. Right. So I remember when I was finally able to play and I had um, my freshman year in high school, uh, you know, I had the, a great game. You know, it was a couple sacks and a fumble recovery and, and things like that. And I remember after one of the plays, I got up and I did a little dance. It wasn't anything crazy. I just did something like this or things like that. And he would never say anything about any of my, you know, uh, sporting events for the most part. I mean, he'd say good game and stuff like that and, you know, proudier and, and things like that. But nothing like too, you know, too deep, I, I would say. And I'll never forget it. That, that night I got home and I could hear him coming up the stairs because he's a bear. I'm like, oh my gosh, dad's coming up to actually like say something to me. And he shuts my door and he goes, good game tonight. I'm like, thanks dad. And he goes, if I ever see you do that again, I'm going to show you what it really means to play football. Oh, and I was like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, you made that play and it was a big play. It helped change the game. 
He's like, but you got up and you did this. He's like, I never want to see that crap again. He's like, the next time you make a play, you get up and you get back into the huddle with your teammates and you act like you've been there before. That's what leadership's really about, Jim. And I can, I can assure wow. you that that stuck with me for the rest of my athletic career and now today in my professional career. Yeah, that so, was to be honest with Right. So, you know, that's just something that, like, even in, to, in today's world, I feel like that's something that's lost. Like, you know, not to make everything about football, but it's an easy analogy, right? Like, you know, people get a first down and they're dancing for 30 seconds and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and in a professional world, it's like you pick up the phone and call somebody and you think you're supposed to celebrate and be done for the day. It's like, no, like that's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> I like you, you say that. I always say you're supposed to be doing the blocking and tackling, like. Success isn't close. I don't care if you close 50 million or 5 million or 3 million, just keep going. Right. I mean, that's what success is. Get on the next call, get on the next appointment. Yep. Exactly right. And then you carry it forward into the professional side for Mike Bryan and I having a mentor like Bill Kane. He's the most humble man I've ever met. Uh, You know, and, and what, what he has done, you know, for, for us, this overall industry, you know, is, is amazing. And, he will be the last person to take credit for any of it. And he's, he's instilled that in us. There's never been a day since I've worked here for 22 years where he said, you work for me or because I said so or anything like that. He's always said, we work together. This, this is a team effort. Even before I had ownership and stuff, that's just the way that he approaches business and life. And he's, he's always led by consensus. So before Mike Bryan and myself, it was Bill, Eric, and Bo. And I watched them sit down in a boardroom and make a group decision. It wasn't Bill's decision because he was the founder and CEO of the company. Bill would sit back and say, what does, I want your opinion. What does everybody think? Let's make this a collective decision. That's and that's something that is stuck with us because we get questions a lot. You know, it's like, yeah, the co-CEO model, like you see two, but that's weird. You have three, you know what I mean? And you know, that it's not weird to us because it's always worked that way for us. Like, well, I'm going to be honest. I, when I first heard it, I found it strange because you're more outgoing and charismatic. So you always think it's coops and his side guys. And then um, when I was down there, the way you guys talk to them, the way you speak of them, I realized, I'm like, oh, these guys, they're on, they just rub shoulders at the same level. They have the same mutual respect. Jim's kind of the outgoing guy. He's kind of the leader. It's like having a captain on a team. Yep. But, you know, Mike, I mean, Mike runs the finance. If it wasn't for Mike, you guys, you'd have a private jet and a God only knows what else. So you need a guy <laughs> like Mike. And, and you and absolutely Brian's, do. Brian's ability on the understanding the wealth management and constantly be, have his ear to the ground compliance is uncanny, to be honest with you. I mean, yep. I've learned a lot just watching him because I'm like, well, this guy is literally like, ahead of the game. I mean, he's obviously enabled us to build what we built using that uh, model that he's created. So I now I've come to understand the whole three C. So, you know, I've obviously tried to bring other advisors over because not because I'm trying to do a favor for Colton, who I love, who I think might be the greatest team team leader I've ever had, to be honest. It's because there's a model there that I know works. I mean, I know this. When you pick up the phone, reach out to the CEO and say, I'm having a bad day, can we talk? And within 15 minutes, I get a call from you. That's, that's not normal. It's not normal. I mean, it is to me because of the relationship we have, but you know, I was saying to the, you know, Colton, I want to get that my friend Mark over because I'm like, this guy would, if he can grow there, he'll excel here because he's wired like I am. 
Yep. But, um, Jim, thank you so much for coming on. You know, I guess I want to ask you in like in closing, what would you say? Give me a daily routine. How about that? Yeah, for sure. So I get up around five o'clock in the morning. So uh, real quick, married 16 years. I have three kids, 10, eight and seven. Colin, our boy is 10. Kayla is our middle. She's eight. And the Colby is the baby at seven. And the girls fight a lot. The girls, girls are 13 months apart and they fight a lot. I think, you know, they will be thick as thieves oh, at some point, exactly. but in, yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, and then, uh, we, we, we had three dogs. We just lost our first baby, but, uh, oh. we have three labs. We lost Bailey was uh, 16 and we just lost her a couple oh, weeks ago. Um, yeah, she lived a great life. And then I'm we've got, Oh, thank you. We've got Pepper, who's a three-year-old black lab. And then we got uh, Sky, who's a white lab, who's a total disaster right now, eating everything <laughs> and everything like that. Um, so, you know, our household is live. There's a lot going on. They all have dad and my, my wife is built like me too. She's very energetic. She runs a fitness business and things like that. So, um, you know, we, we've got a lot of energy at our house. So uh, I'm up 5 a.m., uh, usually working out by 5.30 or 5.45, get done that by 7, 7.30, breakfast with the kids. Um, whether I'm dropping them off at the bus stop or my wife's taking them to school, um, you know, we kind of, depends on the day. And then I get into the office by 8.30, um, usually 8.15, 8.30-ish. And then I'm usually here till about six if I'm in town. I do travel a lot as well, as you know, Ryan. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm here at about six and then I get home and dinner with the kids, do some homework, talk about the day, and then it's off to bed. You know, I'm I'm old now, man. I mean- Oh, I get it. I'm going to that now. I say, I always joke around. I used to say, oh, I love Coops' job. I love Coops' job. And one day I was like, you know what? I like Coops' income, but on my job, I could <laughs> never, honestly, I couldn't do it. I look at you doing it. I'm like, for the longest time, it looked, you make it look easy, you know, because you're pretty natural at it. But then I thought, geez, these events they have to come up with. And, you know, on top of that, the travel, I mean, you live like a nomad for Christ's sakes. I don't know how you do it. I, and I think to myself, and he's a father and I'm. Jamie must be a rock star from what you tell me. Because oh yeah, she's she's, really uh, she's unbelievable. She's a saint. There's no doubt which about is, it. Which is cool because I hear how you talk about him. That's nice to hear. To be honest. With yeah, you. without um, a doubt. Oops, you're the man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on. You're a good guy. You've been a huge player in my life. Well, back at you, Ryan. The feelings mutual, and so happy to to be you know have the friendship that we have and the and the, and the partnership we have. You know, life's too short to to not be able to do business with people that. You, you genuinely enjoy and have a lot of fun with. And, you know, we definitely have been that over the years. And look, man, the best is yet to come. What, what you've, what you've built, yeah, what you've built there is unbelievable. You need to know you're in the top 1%. I mean, we deal with 10,000 financial advisors across the country, and you're in the top 1%. Appreciate I, and, and you need to know that. And you should be proud of that. Uh, I'm... I'm happy for you. You deserve every bit of the, the the success that you've had. And I have no doubt that the best is yet to come for you, man. And I'm well, right there know, alongside always, you. I feel like, you know, I work hard. I'll take credit for that. But man, I, you know, when I came over there, I was writing like 18 million a year, which was my best year, I think, or 20 million, whatever. Um, since they got hooked on with like, you know, you guys and Colton now running the show. I mean, I, I it's just, you know, we're doing like 30% higher on it every year. 
Yep. That, that we did. We, I mean, we are, we're not cracking 30 million every year, but we're not doing, we haven't seen done 20 since we got here. Uh, yep. So it's been an awesome team. And I think, and you nailed it. I mean, you really nailed it when you said life is too short not to do business with people you like being with, you know, people you genuinely enjoy. Because those are the people going to have you back. You know, I've gone through some fires and that's, that's what defines people. Anybody wants to be in your corner when you're on top. It's, you know, what could people, you know, who's in your corner when you could do nothing for them? I've always been told the definition of, you know, being a good person is what do you do for people who can do nothing for you? And there was a time where I, my ass was on fire and uh, you were there, you know, and uh, that doesn't get forgotten. Believe me. Yep. Well, we'll always be there, brother. Just know that we'll always have your back and, um, you know, looking out for good people that are trying to do good things. And you are definitely one of those guys. Appreciate you, Coops. Hey, but I don't yeah. talk to you. Have an awesome Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas. Well, Appreciate brother. you, brother. All well, right. See ya. Bye now. Bye.